And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's Word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation. A sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website, www.thebiblelive.com, or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Some people ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right. Thank you for being with us tonight, folks. This is Soapy Dollar. Stacy Dollar is here at my side. John is here in the room. We're going to be taking your phone calls. John's giving Thanks, himself John. a hand and applause. Girl, that, was, that was for me. <laughs> we'll give we'll applaud for you and you applaud for us. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Good, John. We got you. All right. Here we are. We're all here. We're all in the same room and of a sound mind and fully clothed. And we're ready to uh, go into our program tonight. We're going to finish up the book of Jeremiah. That's our discussion, at least. We have read this past week. Uh, the final, let's see, the final what, about nine, uh, 19 chapters of Jeremiah this past week. Chapter 32 through 51, uh, we have read this past week, and what a read it was. Jeremiah, amazing, amazing individual. And uh, so let's let's just recap a little bit, just for any of you who may be listening to us for the first time tonight. By the way, this is the Bible Live, and for 20 years we've been reading through the Bible every year, reading the Bible from the book of Genesis to the to the book of the Revelation in the New Testament, reading through the Bible every year. And so now we're not doing that on the radio now. We started put, we put it on the internet so that you can go to thebiblelive.com and you'll see there every week we have a, our, our weekly readings uh, and we as we move through the Bible. And of course as you uh, follow that if you go to thebiblelive.com you click on our podcast and you can go back and re-listen. Listen to uh, Book of Genesis, Exodus, the whole Bible that we've read uh, up until now as well. But our reading schedule had us in the book of Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Lamentations. That's the cycle we're in right now. So we're going. We've almost finished the book of Jeremiah. We're going to finish one more reading 
uh, chapter 52, I think it is, this coming week, and go right on into the second book that was written by Jeremiah. It's a book uh, called Lamentations, or Weeping, or Grieving, because, uh, as, as you may know, if you're familiar with the book of Jeremiah, his ministry was carried out the last 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem by the by Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. So um, we, we've been almost very to the very end of the book of Jeremiah. Then we're going to go ahead and finish and read the book of Lamentations on Monday, uh, tomorrow evening. If you go to our uh, website, thebiblelive.com, you'll find that. You can click on it uh, and listen to the book of Lamentations um, by Jeremiah that he wrote. And then Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll be looking, uh, we'll be going into the, um, no, it'll be Lamentations from Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we'll read the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. Is that confusing enough, Stacy? I think I got it. <laughs> All but right. Tonight, Wednesday, Jeremiah. Thursday, and Friday, we go back to the New Testament and pick up there, which is an incredible, wonderful, wonderful book to be reading at that time too, because it is a transition book. It it in the New Testament that helps us understand the relation of the old covenant, the old covenant, the New, the Old Testament here. To, and when we say Old Testament or Old Covenant, it, it, it doesn't mean to disparage it in the least. It's extremely important uh, to our lives, both the Old and New Testaments. The Old Testament explains the New, and the New explains the Old. Uh, that is what the book of Hebrews is all about. Is It's telling us how does the Old Testament relate. Because if you, if you just pick up the New Testament and you start reading it, uh, some of it's going to you be reading about this man named Jesus of Nazareth, who he was, but but then all of a sudden you you realize he was born in Bethlehem. He was fulfilled this prophecy of this prophet. This was spoken of him in the old. So so much of of the New Testament was already uh, spoken of and 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 described for us in the Old Testament, and so the New Testament. Uh, uh, it helps explain the old, and in some ways, the Old Testament helps explain uh, much of what we read in the New. They're, they're a match set, no doubt about it. They go together, and and both are inspired by God. God has caused them to be written so that you and I will have a record of what God has said about himself, about us, about the nations, about his purposes in this world, what God is doing uh, and and, and our lives and, and and what life here on planet Earth is all about. So anyway, we've come to the book of Jeremiah. We've finished up these these we're finishing up these forty years before five eighty six. And five eighty six is the magic year. That's the year I, the date I want you to always remember that one of those important biblical dates is when uh Nebuchadnezzar Babylon came over and for the Third time, actually, they had invaded already in 605 B.C. was the first invasion, and they took Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, others of the uh, royal family, the the lineage of, of King David. They took many of them into exile uh, over back over into Babylon. And then, again, they did the same thing in 597 
B.C. Now, 605 was the year of a big battle, the Battle of Karchemish over in uh, Damascus. Uh, that was where uh, the king of Egypt named Necho came up from Egypt, and they Israel had been tempted to try to build an alliance with Egypt, thinking that was going to deliver them from Babylon. Now, Isaiah, before Jeremiah, Isaiah had also been telling them, you're going to be taken into exile. You're going to be punished. You, you've not been faithful to God in in Part of the covenant relationship was that if, when you don't follow after me, uh, one of the, the extreme consequences would that be taken out of their land. And, and Isaiah had told them that, and Jeremiah has been telling them that. And so uh, Nebuchadnezzar came over. The big It was a historic battle of Karchemish over in uh, Damascus in, in Assyria, and King Necho was defeated, and also King Josiah. Remember the eight-year-old king who led one of the great spiritual awakenings and revivals in Israel. Uh, he, too, was killed in the Battle of Karchemish. So uh, in 605, the first invasion, taking out the leadership. Uh, 597, there was another uh, a group that was taken out. And then 586, finally, ultimately, Nebuchadnezzar came, and they put laid siege to the city of Jerusalem for a year. Uh, it was a terrible time of suffering. Uh, many of the prophecies that, that Jeremiah had told them came true, including that they would be reduced to cannibalism. They would be so hungry that the siege was brutal, and, and we saw that come true. And then in 586, as we're reading about now, the chapters we read this week uh, tell us about that final uh, those final that final year that those final weeks uh, of God's uh, judgment on the nation of Israel, but co- constantly through Isaiah, Jeremiah, the other prophets, there was this constant re- uh, confirmation that you will you will be punished. You will be this is going to happen to you, uh, but you will, you can be, you will be restored. God is going to bring you back uh, from exile, which was. Unheard of, you know. Nations, empires didn't really let their people go back uh, to their lands, but the, but that was the prophecy that that one named Cyrus would allow them to return to, um, and, and that's exactly what happened. Return to uh, the land of Israel. So there we are. Uh, we'll we'll read about those. We've read about those final weeks, and tonight we can discuss them with you. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. would love to hear from you, uh, of course, obviously, about the Bible, the biblical message, the biblical narrative. We have what was going on, what God was doing, what is the lesson that we can take from the book of Jeremiah, Isaiah and Jeremiah, this particular era and this particular the, the action that God took in this moment, allowing a uh, a nation like Babylon uh, to come with with their false gods and so on to come and be used as an instrument of judgment on the nation of Israel. Um, Stacy and I have gone up and down, over and around, back and forth on what uh, we 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 have felt like this. The book of Jeremiah is highly spiritual, no doubt about it. It's it's about uh, 
the people, the nation, this special group of people, this special people group that God had chosen sovereignly, and he had formed a, a covenant, made a promise with them. In fact, with both a earthly covenant, it was an earthly aspect to the covenant, that, that if they would worship God and be true to God and continue to follow him and obey him, that he would preserve them as a nation and that he would prosper them and, and give them peace. But if they were not, that they would be disciplined, they would be, that God would uh, work with them and work with them to change them, to con- preserve them. But uh, also, as a part of that covenant, there was a spiritual uh, dimension of the covenant that uh, God had coveted it within himself. I am going to use this people, this nation, uh, had nothing to do with the goodness of the people or even their faithfulness, that he is going to use them to bring about his, to the completion, the fulfillment of his earthly redemptive plan. And the redemptive plan of earth as seen as far back as the book of Genesis throughout the Old Testament, the the earthly redemptive plan had to do with a Redeemer, a Savior, a Messiah, a, a hero who would come, a human being, wouldn't going to be an angel, not going to be an extraterrestrial, a human being, a male of the species, who is going to be finally that that the good shepherd, the righteous branch, the, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, who would take upon himself uh, the sin, the punishment, the consequences of man's sin and rebellion against God, and he would pay the penalty of our sins so that those who desire the relationship with God, those who desire to know God and and to be with God, both here on earth and forever in eternity, that we would have, there is a means that God has created for us to be reconciled to him. God was in Christ. God was in the Messiah reconciling the world to himself. And so uh, so you can see those twin aspects of the uh, of the covenant here. They are, this is a crisis moment. This is a moment where uh, God is going to be, Aspects of his his punishment uh, and his consequences of sin on the people group, the nation of Israel as a nation. Uh, that doesn't mean everyone in Israel at that time was wicked and godless and idolatrous. And re- there were good people there who worshipped God, loved God, and they heard the prophet and they they took the prophet's uh, word, they took the prophet's uh, command and direction and acted on it. Others did not. They they did not respect God they wanted to worship idols false gods they didn't and they had their own false prophets and so on and so we see that all taking and the the reason I'm bringing all of this out is that Stacy and I have trying to be I'm not giving you a word edgewise honey but mm-hmm. go ahead and jump in whenever you want um, maybe maybe you can give us a shot at understanding the tension that we well, we sure. we were at how do we well, okay. how do we take the book of Jeremiah what lesson can we is there anything for us as America now we're in a totally different era a totally different time we're not Israel we're, we God is doing something totally different when you know in other words he's not covenanted with us to bring the Messiah through America or anything uh, that was part of the the, the the situation here with Israel, but uh, our question was: How do we take? What lessons can we take out of the books of Jeremiah and all of the political upheaval, the social upheaval that was going on in his land at that time? Is there anything for us that we can learn as Americans 
in this era, in this time, is there anything that could guide us and help us, those of us who know God and love God? I mean, it's not all Americans. We're definitely, very definitely a, a huge minority in the American 330 million people, maybe, what, 30 or 40 million people? Right. Well, Love I wouldn't God, necessarily talk about it as, I mean, yes, Americans, but I think the idea here is that Jeremiah is placed smack dab in such a political environment. I mean, when you read Jeremiah, it's just so very human. I mean, it's so very, yeah. you know, Game of Thrones. I don't know. I mean, it's very, it's economy, it's transactions, it's kings, it's crime and punishment. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. It's, 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 um, it's all. The good, the bad, and the ugly. How about that? <laughs> and it's a lot of, it's a lot of Jeremiah very much trying to convince a people to make a decision. I mean, mm-hmm. if that doesn't feel like the world that we live in today, I don't know what does. And it wasn't only a spiritual decision. He was actually a very uh, He was actually ad, ad, advocating for a, a political, a policy right. decision. It feels that they very, would I mean, it, it is in similar, you know, similar to kind of the mm-hmm. es- Esther, and it's it's it, it, he is smack dab in the middle of a uh, nation. Um, crossroads, a mm-hmm. kind of a national um, cross, and and I think that that's what is. So it it does beg. That is the world you know that we live in. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was just so interesting, you know that that God tells him to go buy a land, and a whole chapter of Jeremiah and what we read was about. Uh, Jeremiah going and purchasing this land and, and exactly who he went to, what he purchased it with, the legal, the legality of that happening. It was just very, like every, every, so it would be like, you know, Stacy, go buy this house. Okay, well, I called my realtor. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. And so it, it is interesting to see that work out and um in in scripture and it's kind of hard it's for me it's a little bit you know it's a little bit jarring i mean we uh we do tend to want to compartmentalize that i think as um christians especially in politics it you know that how how much do christians get involved in the political arena um uh, how much would we have a voice and um, and you know, you would never want to use the Bible as a threat on on people, and and you know, you would never want to usurp and, or use God's name um, to try to manipulate or for power for your own power. I mean, I think that's the epitome of what he says with "Don't take my name in vain." Mm-hmm. Don't you dare use my name for your own, uh, you know, political or, or manipulative to gain power. That's that's an abuse. At the same time, Jeremiah very clear. There is a it's place called upon to speak to the truth speak of God very clearly. clearly right, yeah. that God says this, and so and it's very. Un- it can get uncomfortable. I mean, just it, it can feel very tense. Well, if there was a place for that, if there is a place for God's, you know, God to say clearly to His people this or that then then why not is why why wouldn't that still apply today and be something that we're called to do even today and so and then how does that practically work itself out what does that actually look like and And so so. uh, with that all of that in mind is hard for us to express that but we want to invite you our our bible live listeners those of you who are listening to our program tonight if we know so many of you know god love god love his word you're trying you're 
wrestling with all the issues that face us as a nation today. And we want to invite you uh, with all enthusiasm to, if you have something on your heart, something that maybe you've been trying and praying and thinking about what God would have you to do, and we have these elections coming up in, what, about just 60 days or so, right? Somewhere around. Yeah, some people have already started voting, right? right. Uh, Some early voting is already taking place somewhere. I've heard that. Places this this month, but next month for uh, for us. Next month as well, yeah. So uh, there's no doubt about it that we are in what so many are calling one of the most important uh, elections of our lifetime. And of course, every every four years they seem to say that, you know. But uh, but these are (laughs) tempestuous, difficult uh, times and. There is a lot at stake. In some ways, like we are, it's something like what Jeremiah faced here is that Jeremiah was hearkening back to the nation of Israel as founded mm-hmm. and saying, you know, we, we have a covenant with, with, with God. We, 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 we're going to follow God, trust Him, obey Him, worship God alone, and so on. And he was hearkening back to Israel as founded, where there was a whole other group, and it was very political. There were a, a, a very strong group. Of, there was a uh, uh, feminists were very active. You think we, you think it, uh, the the movement of, of feminism started in our age, but there was a strong feminist movement in there in that time as well. I was looking at it a while ago. Um, that there was there was a, in, in particular uh, one of the groups that uh, that Jeremiah was having to deal with was uh, women. Uh, where did I see that? Let me let me just look at that. You you can look it up yourself. In the book of Jeremiah, um, yeah, in Jeremiah, uh, now Jeremiah was given a choice. There's two things we ought to make sure that you know. You were talking about if he had a choice. It, uh, after his rescue by Nebuzaradan, the Babylonian captain of the guard, see, Jeremiah was rescued mm-hmm. when when when, when they destroyed the temple. Jeremiah was rescued, and, and this this captain of the guard said to Jeremiah, "You can you have your choice. You can go to Babylon with honor, with comfort. We'll take care of you. They'd probably live out his life in comfort and, and probably wealthy uh, there in Babylon. You can have that choice, or you can stay in Judah under Gedaliah, uh, whom Nebuchadnezzar appointed to be the governor. Gedaliah was." A part of the royal lineage of David, and I mean, he was being very gracious. Gave them their own governor. Well, they ended up assassinating Gedaliah. But at any rate, Jeremiah, you were talking about doing things for our own benefit or using God's name. He chose to stay with his suffering people instead of being taken into Babylon with honor and pleasure and comfort, mm-hmm. which which makes you know that Jeremiah was not. Trying to use God's right. what the message he was give, delivering was not popular anyway, right. and especially was not doing it for his own benefit because he chose to stay with his people, right. and they kidnapped him and took him down into Egypt mm-hmm. was was part of the consequences of Jeremiah's uh, his faithfulness in his ministry. He had already gone through so much um, assassination attempts and suffering and torture and being beaten and so on, mm-hmm. but then uh, when he was taken down into Egypt. There was a group of Jews in particular that talked back to Jeremiah, mocking God and promising to continue to worship the Queen of Egypt, the Queen of Heaven, as it was called. And what group is it? It's chapter, um, Jeremiah chapter 44. It was 
women. <laughs> the women's movement uh, caught up with him, and so uh, they told him where he could get off. You know, Jeremiah, you, we're not going to do what you say. And, and furthermore, they said, do you think our men didn't know what we were doing? We were, you know, we, they do what we tell them to do, you know. So whoever says that women don't have power, they're <laughs> kind of crazy, I think. But anyway, th- those that's the idea. We have a very political uh, in some ways, a, a book that could be spoken of in many different levels and different ways, the book of Jeremiah. But since we are in such a, a, a strong political era ourselves, within just in two months we're going to have this uh, world-changing, life-changing election for us as a country, uh, we thought we'd like to open up the microphones as well and give you a chance, particularly with this being part of the theme of the biblical theme that we're reading, that if you would like to give us a call and talk a little bit about what you're going through, what kind of what kind of um, decision, what kind of prayer, what kind of uh, you know looking into God's word as you talk with your pastors, you talk with each other as as believers, uh, it would be interesting to hear from many of you. What what is guiding you? What what are you thinking? And and why are if you have decided, if you've not decided. Uh, if you'd like to talk about it, and we're not, we're not going to get in a big argument with you in, unless you're wrong. I mean, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> but no, we, we, I'd like to hear from people who truly know God, love God, and are trying their hardest to to see how would God lead us in these days to vote in these upcoming elections. So, if you'd like to do that, well, you have all freedom. We'll we'll bring it on. Be nice, be polite, uh, but we'd love to hear. What God, uh, what you believe that God is telling you as you look at the scriptures, as you, uh, as you try to make Him the Lord of your citizenship as well as as your heart. Real quickly, I'll throw it out there. Kind of the three things that came to mind for me while reading, um, while going through this part of Jeremiah, and as I also think of my, you know, myself as a as a Christian, as a part of the church, and um, as a yet a a citizen. Um, you know, is how how do Christians interact and vote in this current culture with the Book of Jeremiah in mind? Uh-huh. What who would be today? What is our? I guess it, it is the Word. It is the Bible. We don't really have prophets per se as much. We have pastors. Um, but what is the Word? So it would be the Bible. So how do we vote with the biblical with the Bible in mind? Yeah. Um, and then the other would be you know that tension between God's will versus man's free will when it comes to something like an election how much does my voice and my you know even in play into it so man's free will God's will what's going to happen it's going to happen so kind of a fatalistic or do I actually can I pray can, can I, I make influence? a difference can I make a difference is it important what we right. decide yeah. and then the third thing would be the role of the Holy Spirit now versus kind of BC and Jeremiah's time before the you know, this was prior Holy Spirit so um, how does that play into today? Is there such thing as God telling one Christian one thing and another another thing, or, or are we more unified? Mm, kind of very, very good question, Stacy. Two ten is our area code three four zero ninety five eighty five. Two ten three four zero ninety five eighty five. We'll be talking and uh, coming back to continue. Uh, our discussion, we're looking more in detail into the book of Jeremiah, chapters 32 through 51, answering, asking and answering some questions. Maybe you have a question as well, anything that you'd like to call in about, but we wanted to open the door this evening as well, a little bit to the, understand a little bit of what you're going through, what you're thinking, and what you're uh, 
praying for and guidance and so on in terms of our own national political situation. So give us a call if you'd like. We'll be here for another hour and waiting for your call. 210-340-9585. We'll be right back. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Oh, you are. Oh, you are. And it's a new horizon. Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. All right, we are back, ready to take your phone calls, 210 340 And as we've already mentioned, we're in the book of Jeremiah, a prophet of God who exercised his ministry in the closing 40 years before God's judgment fell upon the nation of Israel. Uh, The king of Babylon named Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed the city of Jerusalem. uh, Incredible slaughter, tremendous suffering beyond description in reality, and, uh, and destroyed the temple and had already taken now three groups of exiles from the royal uh, household in 605 BC, uh, BC to and then in 597 and then and um, I mean I mean 605 597 and then 586 became the the third time and uh, they destroyed the city so we're we're looking at that we're wondering what what can we learn uh, uh, on many levels actually about uh, God and his ways what he's doing what does he teach us from these books, and what can we learn for us? Now, we do recognize we are not, the United States of America is not Israel, uh, either in our calling. There was a very specific purpose in, in the calling of Israel, the nation of Israel, and the people of Israel that God was carrying out in and through and with them, uh, a relationship that, he had, that God had with them as a people group, and he's going to continue to carry that out, not because of their goodness and faithfulness, but because of his own 
commitment and faithfulness, and ultimately that was to be the instrument to bring the Messiah into the world. Can you make this distinction, though, between God's people and Israel? Say again? Can you make the distinction between God's people and the nation of Israel? Okay, that's good, too, because uh, uh, ultimately uh, Israel was – there was an earthly aspect of God's covenant with the people of Israel. And that was the, what I've just talked about, that he's going, the if they would follow him, honor him, worship oh. him, be faithful, that God would preserve them and give them peace, and that he would bring through them uh, this, the Messiah. Now, uh, the, earthly, the earthly covenant, of course, in that sense, ended with the coming of a Messiah, and the, the, the redemptive plan of God exploded out of uh, Jerusalem, out of Israel, out of, into the Gentile nations as a whole. Now, there were Gentiles before, of course, that trusted God in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament. Uh, but then with the coming of Messiah, uh, born in Bethlehem, as the prophets had said, born of the lineage of David, as it was pr- pr- predicted, and so on. Uh, but so God is – there's that earthly um, covenant. But there were people, obviously, throughout the times, uh, uh, even in the Hebrew Scriptures, that they were not of the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They came in – there was – Rahab, the harlot. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Ruth, the Moabitess. There were, and those are just dramatic ones that we know about. There were millions, many, many others, but they came into, they came to be a part of Israel because of their faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm-hmm. So, the, it, ultimately, the idea of Israel is the people of God, those who worship God. And clearly, here in the book of Jeremiah, there was a, a great uh, number, perhaps even a great majority of the people of Israel at this time, were not following after God. Where they were worshiping other gods, they were uh, sacrificing children to other gods. They were they were not Israel in that sense. Right. But we're talking about that earthly covenant with the nation that God had, and then uh, the spiritual element is what God is doing through them spiritually. And in that sense, we are all even today uh, those of us who embrace. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob been received by faith, the salvation offered to us freely through the work of the Messiah, through Jesus of Nazareth, his death, his resurrection, and so on. We then become part of Israel global, the the church um, at large around the world uh, Mm -hmm. of every country, nation, tribe, language. So let's let's get that. We're... Waxing too eloquent here tonight on Jeremiah. Let's get someone here. Uh, one of our call, Harold, is on line one. Hi, let, Harold. Let me get Harold on the line, and we'll see if we can get a a thought from Harold about uh, the book of Jeremiah or about uh, own, whether it's the elections today in our own nation or some of the principles that we could glean from it. Harold, I'm sure I'm glad to talk with you. What's you going on? Ask me. Yeah. Good. good Hello, Sylvie Dollar. Good and to hear daughter. from you. Family show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> How y'all doing tonight? Great. We're well, I think. Yeah. You okay? Well, yeah. yeah. If I can just share a personal thing, Friday, I, this, this, and then I'll get to Jeremiah if I have a minute. Sure. Friday, I wasn't, I, I wasn't planning on having a good day. Friday, I was working at UT, and this gentleman walked up. He was uh, a security guard or a uh, police officer, you know, hmm. making his rounds there, and. We started walking towards the door, and I had just asked him. I don't know what made me ask him, but I said, have you ever heard of the Soapy Dollar Show? And and he said, well, yes, I have. I listen to it every week. And I, I was – I don't go around saying that, you know, to everyone I meet or, you know. Well, you ought to. But, I'm going to start paying you a, a, a promotion <laughs> salary. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I, I don't go around saying that really, but, and I had just told him, I said, you know, I have been so discouraged lately. I said, I just really have been discouraged. And he just immediately turned around and says, Harold, I guess maybe he read my badge, you know, uh-huh. you cannot let yourself get discouraged with what's going on in the world today and this city and all that. You have to stand fast and, you know, you can't let yourself get down. And so I went home. I had a great day. I got to tell you, I didn't know I was going to work that much after that. But I did find a verse in the Bible, and it shows me why I have to be not not discouraged. But it's in uh, Galatians uh, 3.21, just real quick verse. It says, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So I can't be discouraged because... It's going to pass on to my kids, and my son was here today with his wife, and I tell you what, I don't know if I'd have been in a good mood if that man hadn't talked to me. That but is so interesting. You were, you were talk, uh, of course, we're in Jeremiah. Uh-huh. Um, you remember way back in the beginning of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 3.16, where it says, The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord neither show come to mind, mm-hmm. neither shall it be remembered. So, and then you said you were going to read, I think, or discuss limitations, lamentations, uh-huh. and I know there's a hint, uh, because I've heard it on your show before, yeah, I can't uh-huh. take credit for it. Mm-hmm. There's a hint, uh, Lamentations 5.18. Yes. And uh, because, and 5.18 says, because of the Mount Zion, which is desolate, the foxes walk upon it. And there's, I've heard a lot of preachers repeat that, and they say the foxes are these four-legged animals, like dogs and foxes, uh-huh. but it's not. It's the hint of the ark. You know, you have to read the whole chapter, and because, I guess you're going to do uh, that. The idea week. that Jeremiah hid the ark, uh, yes. that the ark was hidden after uh, the, before the... Um, Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed the city and the temple and all. Yes, I'm yeah. jumping around yeah. an awful lot because Very of time, good. but... I, but I know you, you know, and of course, like I say, I learned this on your show also, you know, your program. But in uh, 518, it's, you know, it's supposed to be there under the Temple Mount. And I've heard uh, mm-hmm. someone say that they're not looking for it anymore. Well, that was your other co-host. Yes. Jacob had Jacob told said us that. about that. Well, frankly, he was the one yeah. that enlightened me about that entire idea that the hint that there is there in the scriptures, at least from the Hebrew perspective, that there's a strong hint that the uh, the Ark of the Covenant was hidden and that uh, Lamentations, there is a hint as to where it was hidden. And, of course, for a long time, people have been looking. Uh, there have been excavations, archaeological excavations and so on. And Jacob was the one that told us about the uh, group that went down and they came back up and the, the uh, reporters asked them, did you find the uh, Ark of the Covenant? And their answer was, well, right. we've, we've taken a, 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 an oath. Of not we, we, We've made an agreement not to say anything about that for sure. Uh, but I will say this, we're not looking for it anymore. <laughs> which, right, yeah. Which I always thought was kind of right. a clever answer, I guess. Yeah, really, already. Rather uh, Jewish answer, don't you think, Harold, really? <laughs> I think it was. And you were asking about Israel, you know, how do you explain Israel? You know, but you did have an explanation. But if you would have, uh, if I would have, if you would have answered the phone uh-huh. right away, I would have just said it real simple. I'm Israel. 
I don't know if that could work or not. Can can <laughs> people say that? You know, if they believe in God and yeah, is it so the I'm, same? I'm a, I'm a part of Israel. Yes, I'm a part of the people that. I think. What do you think, Stace? Is it, I mean, I'm, you haven't. Yeah, yeah Stacy, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm good, Harold. How are you? That's good. I it's, love that yeah, encouragement. I love that you said I wasn't planning on having a good day. <laughs> I mean, um, but no. yeah, I would say that's, that's exactly, the truth. Yeah, but yeah, I would say that that's exactly. Uh, yeah, we are. We are Israel. Mm-hmm. Where what the new the new the true vine is. That's um, what Paul says. That we've been grafted into. in. Mm-hmm. We've become those. So we're on good stand, Sarah. Well, let's let's keep praying for our nation. These are crazy days, aren't they? Mm. Okay, I'll talk to you later, Sophie Thank Dollar. You, friend. And and Stephanie. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Harold. Always good to hear. From Harold, other listeners yeah. as well, if you're out there, give us a call, 210-340-9585. It, it, it would be very, I think it would be helpful to a lot of us to hear if you've, I, I know all of us are struggling. These 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 are tough times. You've got this virus, we've got people out of work, there's a lot of, there's a lot of personal family, individual stress. And, and then, of course, on top of all of that, you've yeah. got this big, Elections. Election and a lot of political, yeah. you know, mud's been thrown back and forth, yeah. and and uh, it does feel very biblical. <laughs> it's the political world, I guess. It's yes. reality, and I, but I do love that, and it is easy to get really discouraged, and uh, and I love that from Harold, and that really is what the Bible. I mean, ultimately, the Bible is good news. I mean, That's it is right. the gospel. We kind of have to remind ourselves <laughs> really of that, right? Do. Wait, wait, this is good news. It is and good it news. is. It truly is. I'm, I was just happy to know we have two listeners. Right. <laughs> There's another guy right. that listens out there. And in these times, I think <laughs> when it is hard, I mean, the reminder of it being, you know, the, the it, 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 right now we're in Jeremiah, but it is the whole book. I mean, the, the whole by the whole counsel of, of God's word is good news and it is gospel. And what I love about reading Jeremiah or stepping back and looking at the world around us, being God's child, going through this right now, we really do get to look at it from a whole new, different perspective. I mean, if I did not have the you know, the, the salvation, if I did not have that blessed assurance, it would, I, I it, this would be, this would be, I yeah. mean, this election would be everything. My whole, you know, every, you know, I, I can understand how people would think this is just the end of most important. Um, and it is not to downplay. It is important. Yeah, I don't guess we have to say that it's not serious and it's not important, right. but it shouldn't be something over which we lose our peace. Right, right. I mean, even even in this time of Jeremiah, mm-hmm. there was a way to remain faithful and right. to maintain your peace. Right, and we the get God to, is still on His right. throne, as and they we, say. Right, and, and without us having to earn our own survey without us having to then we are free to really just be a part of the story and just be used however god places us wherever he places us whatever relationships he puts in front of us we do that faithfully we do that lovingly we do that biblically and and that's our part and we get to then enjoy where god has planted us in this time and just be light and salt um i don't know there there is a I, I have to remind myself of that. Well, sure you do, and I'm imagining that you have to. We we all have to open our hearts and minds to, to okay, what is God doing? What 
Lord, what are you doing in this era? And, and of course, one thing we know is that this does not pre- take precedence over the harvest. The harvest is the most important, that men and women come to know and be reconciled to the true and living God and, and, and know him. And, and and then, of course, in that context, it's important that we every aspect of our life is important to him. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the Lord of our finances. He wants to be Lord of our relationships. He wants to be the Lord of our work life, our careers. He wants to be the Lord of our political life and our vote. So mm-hmm. we, we look to him for wisdom, and we say, okay, Lord, you know, mm-hmm. as best I can tell, uh, this yeah. is what your word, uh, these focusing, are the principles. Right. And focusing on that and on him, those other things will come about. We will inevitably be yeah. salt and light. We will inevitably. Yeah. Unless Jesus comes back or, or the Chinese attack or something, these 60 days are going to pass, and eventually we are going to have an actual election, and somebody is going to be either the next president or the uh, continuation of the current presidency, and it, it's going to happen, and then we'll have to live with that reality as God's people and, mm-hmm. and, and walk in that as well. Anyway, if you'd like to give us a call, 210-340-9585. Now, Stacy was talking about earlier the fact that um, Jeremiah, during this ordeal, uh, look at question number one there, mm-hmm. with chapter 32 of Jeremiah our reading this week opened with this idea that Jeremiah was led by God to express his faith that after their defeat in their exile on his nation, Israel was going to be, in fact, defeated, and the people were going to be exiled, ultimately, that God was going to restore Israel to their land. Now, you have to realize this was this was unheard of. This was not done in that era. The... Uh, the Assyrians before them and others before when they take these nations into exile they they don't return them because that was their part of their ass, their their strategy to that land would remain conquered under their because they won't return the people to that land well Jeremiah uh, both Isaiah and Jeremiah said that they would be restored which is a an unusual prophecy they were going out on a limb there anyway to say that but Jeremiah was asked to do more than just say it he was asked to put uh, put his feet and put his faith to work. Uh, he was he was told to go buy a plot of land in his hometown of Anathoth, which was already behind enemy lines. So it was already under Babylon's control, and he was uh, led to go ahead and put his hard-earned money on on, um, on this plot of land with the idea that that was showing his faith that it would be restored. To Israel, and that he it would be worth, it would be his. That it would be good. His purchase would be a good purchase. So he would not only had to believe that and trust God, but he was actually having to put his money where his mouth was, in a way, and go out and buy this land. Uh, you can find that in Jeremiah chapter thirty-two. Let's go uh, give a priority to going to our listeners tonight and taking your thoughts. David is on the line with us, and I'm glad to hear from you, David. Uh, yes, sir. Um, I guess this is my uh, third week listening. Oh, I'm so glad you're um, with us. Thank you. Well, it's kind of, I'll tell you what, it was funny. Um, well, I was at a buddy's house, and I was on my way home, and I found my uh, radio on AM. It was kind of strange. <laughs> and uh, 
I know uh, Stacy is your daughter, no disrespect. But I was about to change the station, and then Stacy's voice came on, and I was like, oh, my God, what a voice. <laughs> and well, thank I, you. I, no, you're and just, I that, kinda, really, uh, that wasn't disrespectful at all. <laughs> thank you, David. And That's I nice. kind of left it there because, I mean, her voice is just, uh, you know, if my Alexa <laughs> sounded like her, I'd be a happy camper. Well, maybe we'll, but, have, to, uh, we'll have to recommend her, okay? <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I know, I know this is, I mean, I don't mean to throw a wrench into your, because no, I think right. it's, um, I know people who are calling pretty much know the Bible, but um, it was just so weird that I just been having this thing on my, I don't know, on my mind lately that uh-huh. I, I would like your opinion on it, because as I've been listening now for my third week, I mean, I, I mean, I, this is like, wow, this is the kind of like a a free Bible study, which I've been kind of like wanting here, but I, David. I was raised, because I was raised Catholic, and um, they don't really have Bible study or anything like that. But anyway, I mean, um, I just kind of wanted your opinion on this, is um, I guess is we all, everybody who hears, I mean, who's listening probably, uh-huh. Um, every time we stop at a stoplight, there's somebody with this sign, and I I kind of feel bad that I don't give them anything sometimes, but I I don't know. I know I can't give everybody money all the time, but mm-hmm. and I know some people are there for the wrong reason, but I don't know. Sometimes when I drive away, I'm like, sometimes I would say, God, what if that was my brother? What would yeah. I? And but. It's just so, I mean, I just wanted your opinion on that well, pretty much. I'm glad you asked that, David. I, I have, of course, over the years, I'm, uh, I've asked myself the same question, but, but the same thing is happening now because clearly now there's a coronavirus and there's this environment in which there are a lot of people out of work and so on. And I found myself coming back to that same question again about, you know, when should I or should I not, you know, how – you know, we all want to help. We want to help people who really have a need. And yet there's a question you ask about, well, is this person really in need or is this some maybe some kind of a scam or whatever? Stacy, what do you do? Right. Do you have a thought about that? I mean, you, you see the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. That- oh, sure. Yes. And I lived in New York City and I lived in Los Angeles and I've lived here and it's ev- it's 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 everywhere and it is hard Um I mean, I always think of that, you know, silver and gold have I none, but... Such uh, as I have, I give unto you. you. In the book of Acts, uh, uh, after Peter uh, and John were released, they they were arrested after after, uh, preaching the gospel. They were arrested, and then they, I'm forgotten if they're beaten or not, but it's in the book of Acts earlier there. Probably. (laughs) Someone comes to them and says, you know, uh, I think it's a a lame man, right? Mm And they... He I comes and asks, and they say, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Mm-hmm. And so he got better than silver and gold. I mean, he, his health was returned, and he could walk. So, if, yeah. yeah. If I have, into, I mean, if, if I do have something, mm-hmm. if I ha- and, and if I do, I, I always pray. I always, and that's an easy, and it's not a cop-out. It, it is truly take take it to the Lord in prayer. Lord, what would you have me do right now? And if the situation allows and if I'm nearby and it's safe and there's no, um, you know, and if I have something, especially if it's in a parking lot, I think it is actually illegal on a street. Is that right? 
Um, and I don't so know, I, honey, I know I that, you know, I wouldn't want to, um, you know, you can cause accidents if it's on a road or if it's a light, and there are special permissions that people yeah. would have. So you do keep, you know. Maybe somebody could call us and tell them right, if that's well, a law or not. I wouldn't yeah. want to. I wouldn't want to go against what mm-hmm. civil authority has put in place. Um, but if I'm able, I will give what I can. Certainly, always pray. Um, and then, and then that that is the outworking of that is why good government is important. Um, ultimately, a, a city and law and or is meant to protect and to um, give the best possible opportunity for that to not happen. You know, and so yeah. um, for people to be for, in that kind of need, right? In but that kind of need. they're always going to be there. And I think, David, that you, I, I, I love your heart. You know, yeah. that, that, that is there to to help. And we don't just automatically say, oh, they're a bunch of thieves and they're a bunch of liars. They're just a scam. Sometimes it is. But, of course, we're not going to be able to know that. I was on. I, uh, yeah. My I, my car broke down one time um, in a really scary, uh, on the side of a, a freeway, really. And, um, and somebody, I was going to have to walk with my son to get gas. And somebody stopped and picked me up. And, you know, I think of, I've been the recipient of just strangers and kindness and mm-hmm. um you know just god will provide he will yeah. and it's not all on you but if there's a way that yeah. you can be used go for it i don't think there's a necessarily a hard and fast rule david i think you have the freedom in the lord and he'll give you wisdom yeah. what you can do can't and sooner or later perhaps even bring you to a kind of a conviction or a deeper understanding yeah. about it um, but okay. your impulse to do good and to love others i i, I would i'd say when i do give in that kind of fashion I try to always make sure to tell the person this comes to you from the Lord himself I'm giving to you the name of the Lord Jesus and I want them to know that that God is providing for them we have to go now take a quick (laughs) uh, break and we'll be right right back thank you for David for calling in we'll be right back with more from the Bible Live our phone number is 210-340-9585 I am weak but thou art strong Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk. Let me walk close to thee. Tennessee Ernie Ford. Now, only the old guys like me, uh, we're the ones that are going to remember him. Tennessee Ernie Ford, one of the early, early TV um, stars. He had his own uh, variety show every week, and he would close every one of his programs by singing some beautiful hymn. Uh, When the lady I thought was my mother died when I was eight years old. Uh, the orphanage I was living with, it took me to her funeral. And, uh, you know, it was all a great, quite an interesting experience in, from my background. But one of the, she only had about five or six things that were given to me of her so I could keep. And one of them was the Tennessee Ernie Ford album. Oh. <laughs> I've always thought, oh, I just, I hope my mom, or whoever it was, you know, as it turned out, she wasn't my actual mom. She was uh, a lady who had found me on the streets and rescued me. And uh, 
had her name put in on the birth certificate as my mother, but she had not really been my mother. Yeah, and I thought she was my mom until, oh, I thought she was my, actually was truly and really my mother until I was about 18, actually. I met one of her real daughters by her you know, by her first husband, she married five times. <laughs> I know, but I met one of her, her her youngest daughter from her first marriage, and she was the one that finally told me that I was not really her mother's son, but that she had found me and gotten me from a a little Apache okay. Indian girl, mm. and blah blah blah. The whole story. The ranch never told you that. No, no the ranch never told me wow. that. The, I, the uh, the well, the ranch. I I'm not sure the ranch knew it. To tell you the truth. Because they received the application from her. Her name is on my birth certificate, mm-hmm. and I don't think she told them necessarily. Really? I, I, I'm not sure. There's, I'll have to think through exactly. that. But uh, yeah. Well, now we've gotten to a little bit of a personal discussion there. But anyway, uh, that was Tennessee Ernie Ford in uh, th- this old timer. He was one of the last of the great baritones. You know, he was before everything went tenor. I think with the Beatles, you know, Elvis was essentially a baritone. But then with the Beatles, things, the male voices got higher and higher. And pretty soon, you know, you had to be the Bee Gees or you had to have somebody, uh, what's Roy Orbison or somebody with this incredible falsetto, you know. I do want to bring it back. (laughs) But I do want to, just you even talking about your heritage and who your mother was and the confusion. It doesn't that make it all the more miraculous and just beautiful about God's word and biblical genealogy it and really does. the truth. I mean, what a miracle this book is. It you know, is an incredible in book, way. and I've all. I think that's one of the reasons I, I fell in love with the with the Bible. And they, of course, they taught us the Bible at, at the uh, boys' home, boys' ranch, Cal Farley's boys' ranch up near Amarillo. I went there when I was five years old and stayed till I was eighteen, and and that's where my life was changed. I met Christ at that, eight years of age, and I began to memorize verses. I memorized over three thousand verses in the next 10, 10 years, and I just got to know the scriptures so well and just love them because it, it's so um, they're so human. As you were talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. homeless, and when David called in a while ago and asked about you know what do we do about the homeless and about the poor who ask for, for alms on the streets and so on, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, it's worth looking at all of us as believers. As uh, we want to do the right thing, we want to love people, we want to help people, um, and, uh, and and so we've all asked ourselves. But and you were the one that said during the break, Stacy said, "You know, there's a lot of homeless and poor people in the Bible. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. much, pretty much full of them. You know, right? So I and, think the one thing we wouldn't do was would be look look down on anybody yeah. poor. If anything. I mean, God has worked through the poor and the humble. I mean, Jesus himself, a wanderer. His people Mm -hmm. wandered. Um, And then specifically in Jeremiah, it talks about the Rechabites. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yeah, the Rechabites. Uh Mm -hmm. And there were two commitments that they had made to not drink wine and to live in tents. And so, you know, again, no real home. Mm -hmm. And um, God, God, you know, uses uh, uses that, and, and I think that's kind of a biblical theme of exile and homelessness. This is not yeah. our home. Yeah, the, the 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 poor are thought of, and of course that's that's part even. And I'm not trying to kind of beat a dead horse or push something, uh, but that's part of the decision we have to make politically. Even nowadays, is uh, increasingly now the government is taking over 
the role of caring for the poor, for the orphans and for the widows and so on, and increasingly, not uh, mm-hmm. and, and and that's, uh, you know, really, we're the one, you know, God's people, we're the ones who have been given that mandate to care mm-hmm. for, to love, to mm-hmm. give, and there to are, There help. are many really, and I'm really glad wonderful our, local ministries and sure. homes that, yeah. that do that. Boys, you grew up in one of yeah, them. Yeah, I grew up in one of them, yeah. <laughs> and the God's people, but they did, they accepted no, and they accept no help from the government. Right, right. Boys, it was always through people. Mm-hmm. I've met, you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe how many families I've met mm-hmm. through the years that when I say, "Oh, I grew up at Cal Farley's Boys Ranch," and yeah. especially here in Texas, and they'll go, "Oh man, my my mom and dad used to support Boys Ranch," and, and it's my privilege then to say, "Well, I want to thank you in the name yeah. of all the boys that you've helped and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, thank you for that help." So yeah, uh, we are David. We are out here trying to help people and. And trying to do the right thing and give to them in the name of the Lord and point them faithfully and lovingly toward the Savior, even as we help them in their, in their, with their health or clothing or with their children, uh, any way we can. And, and it's probably good, too, that our government, I mean, that's probably a good thing that the government steps in and does that. But it shouldn't replace mm-hmm. our individual mm-hmm. caring and investment. And I think in most of us in our churches, uh, we we still do give to help you know there's mm-hmm. there's the church closet for clothing and food and sure. daily bread and things that the churches do all across mm-hmm. and that's a good thing for us to do in the name of the lord well we're in the book of jeremiah this is our final segment so if you have a call and a thought about um and we opened up the phones intentionally tonight with the idea of knowing that we have this big election coming up and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of information being given and in, in back and forth jeremiah is definitely a, a, a one aspect of the book is definitely political that we uh jeremiah would not only calling upon them to worship the true and living god and to repent of their sins and stop sacrificing their children to idols and not you know all of the there were a lot of moral and spiritual ad, admonitions that jeremiah was giving to them but but frankly, it also came down to public policy. He was telling them, in terms of their policy, don't resist Nebuchadnezzar. Don't fight against Babylon. This is God is you're going. This is going to happen. He's and he was saying to them to surrender to Babylon, mm-hmm. take the punishment, and 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 uh, that you would, you know, he was looking for their welfare, the people. Mm-hmm. And, and yet the other uh, the kings wouldn't do it. The, 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 there was a whole movement against trusting God in that way, and they tried to make alliances with Egypt and so on. And so you can see that the you know God's will uh, for our lives as individuals. Some it does have public political uh, consequences that we we and and I've all like I said many times, I've always wondered. What would Jesus have said? Would it have changed Jesus or Paul's message any at all? The way they preached and the, what, how they, the guidance that they gave, if they lived and ministered in a time of a representative republic. I mean, if if the people they were talking to, they knew were, were going to be you're going to be electing your own officials. Well, what, what was their government? It was a, a tyranny. It was a king. <laughs> Rome. No, no, controlled no. everything. Uh, not Jesus's time, uh, Jeremiah's time. So a king. A king. Okay. And yeah. then, so there were tribes. I mean, what what would the Judah and have? Benjamin? Uh, these are the tribes of I mean, Judah and Benjamin. They, All the kings right. came through the lineage of David. 
Cle- David, mm-hmm. Solomon, mm-hmm. so on. Clearly the people did have a choice. Otherwise, Jeremiah wouldn't have been so you know, speaking to them to make a choice. So, I mean, the people did have a voice. I it suppose was, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, there's no doubt about it that when we read about kings and 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 so on in the Bible, we sometimes think, well, they didn't live on. There was some accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there were kings that were assassinated. He you was know, clearly, they, and they seemed to have lived in a time when finances almost seemed like a capital. You know, he he had money. He went. He purchased the property. Oh yeah, money talked it wasn't still. A, and um, and, and, and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, women had stature. Women had influence, even if they didn't necessarily have legal. Influence, but they did mm-hmm. at some level. There were some rights, but the point is, is that people generally they fought for, and their responses. There was some influence, but it wasn't as direct as this. They didn't march into a polling booth, uh, you know, the first Tuesday of every walk. November <laughs> and choose who's going to be the king. You know, what did you say? I said, let's let's use the word walk. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> they didn't go and elect their next king. You know, uh, right. so I always wondered what would God say to us? Is is how? I I don't I, I can't help but think that He would admonish us to pray. And to vote, I think he would want to be the Lord of our vote as much as he is the Lord of our giving or the Lord of our family life, our like career, you know, the, the aspect, if we make him the Lord of our life. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but I just wonder, boy, because quite often we do end up choosing, and maybe even they did that when it came time for kings and so on, the transition of power. Uh, in a way, I guess in some way, shape, or form, there was a vote. Generals decided who they're going to support or not support. Uh, but the uh, but the point was they, they often got sometimes the, the lesser of evils. And mm-hmm. We always talk about sometimes we had to vote in America, but we had to choose between the lesser of two evils. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, oh, I remember the movie, which we watched the movie. Remember that commander? What's that movie with, uh, what's his name? Um, the Commander of the Seas, the Ocean. Uh, have you seen it? it uh, it's not Mel Gibson, but it's the C- Russell Crowe, a commander of, of the of his this master and commander. commander of the sea, and so on. Yeah. And remember that joke he told about they had a weevil, an insect on board the ship, and 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 he asked the, they had a physician on board, and he said at the dinner table he said which of these two weevils would you choose? And he said, I think I'd choose the smaller one. He said, oh, so you chose the lesser of two weevils. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go a long way for it's that so joke. Bad, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> anyway, there you go. We well, are um, back. Uh, let's bring it back to you. So in talking yeah. about, about decision-making, what are the things, um, let's bring out some of the people in Jeremiah that, in the way, about the Rechabites. Or, okay. And um, what, what would you say were the characteristics? Characteristics of those who were saved because they followed Jeremiah's uh-huh. uh, word through the Lord. They surrendered uh, to mm-hmm. the Babylonians and, and then, left they, out of the city mm-hmm. and surrendered themselves. And they then, survived. Mm-hmm. And then the characteristics are, are the choices of those that didn't. And those that didn't, mm-hmm. or so what in the first place, were they or were they not following? In the first place, there was chaos among them. They even uh, they uh, there was a one of the Jewish, uh, the Israelites uh, of the lineage of David, was uh, 
Nebuchadnezzar even put one of their own as as the guardian or as mm-hmm. as the governor, and they assassinated him mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jehanan in in a group in chapter forty two. They assassinated Gedaliah. So how much of uh, those that did not follow Jer? How much of it was self? destruction and how much of it was Babylon destroying them in other words did they was it kind of a situation where they just self-destructed or and the violence turned inward and they destroyed each other or no no they, they well there was some of that they well, they killed they, their own children. That's what brought, so that's what brought that. Nebuchadnezzar down on them. They, okay. they, they assassinated the person he had put as the governor mm-hmm. over them. And then and that was, that was them like was rejection own. of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and so his armies came and they, they set siege. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people were reduced to starvation and cannibalism, as, as Jeremiah mm-hmm. had predicted. Uh, eating their own children, and it, it, it was a horrible. I think in the one thing that one thing that Jacob made us see it, when he was helping us with the mm-hmm. broadcast, uh, giving us that Hebrew perspective, was that that era, that time of, of slaughter in 586 BC. That was that was horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's probably more physical and more wicked and more more terrible Hellish. than we could even imagine mm-hmm. the the actual physical slaughter men women and children and so on. Mm-hmm. so it was a terrible terrible time no doubt about it some uh, escaped down into egypt they kidnapped jeremiah took him down into egypt um but there were those they were they over for a, one thing we can know about god's judgment he always gives warning mm-hmm. All through the scriptures, when God did act in terms of uh, of um, judgment, He always gave warning. He, the, Nineveh was warned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonah was sent to warn them. In forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. He didn't want to, but, didn't want to but, but but God and they repented. So there's always warning. And you know, people have said that that America is already going through and experiencing. Uh, some of the natural consequences of our own uh, turning away from at some level, away from God, away from the uh, at least say, the biblical mm-hmm. principles that founded would our you, nation was founded in. Would you say that some of so that would be one difference of kind of Jeremiah's age and the warning came through the voice of prophets versus now the warning is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. That and and God's word. Uh, and God's the, word. The, yeah. the we do have. We have this amazing gift. That's yeah. why we have the radio program, The Bible Live. This It's not just an interesting old book. of We do believe that God himself has supernaturally what they call inspired or God-breathed, that God has, God has spoken. The creator of the universe has entered into human history, time and space. He has spoken. He has acted. He has involved himself in the lives of individuals. And he's caused this record of his involvement uh, through this groups of people to be written, faithfully, accurately written and preserved, and that we have this record of a and there and part of the miraculous element of the Bible, part of the reason we believe it is God's word is not only because of its historical accuracy and reliability. That's something we can determine using the normal tools of of historians. Mm-hmm. We we apply the internal test, the external test, the archaeological test. We expect to find out how accurate, how reliable is this text that we have in front of us, and we can do that. And the Bible comes out. 
passing with flying colors the, in terms of its accuracy and reliability, but is it God's Word? Is it, is it actually supernaturally uh, inspired? Is there something, an element of it that is supernatural? And, and that's where we turn to things like the prophecies that are written and, and kept. All of them are either fulfilled perfectly or waiting to be fulfilled, even to this time. And one of those elements, too, is the consistency from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Now, I mean, you were talking about about 1,500 years, times of war, times of peace, different leaders, times different languages. In all of these different eras and times, there is this consistency of message from the beginning to end that that would be impossible. I mean, we really can't even get that kind of consistency in a room full of family uh, family people. That's (laughs) why we get together at family time and we end up getting crosswise with each other. But, but there's this consistency of message and, 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 and vision and understanding of who God is and what he's doing throughout the Bible from the beginning to end. And so that's one of those elements too, that, so we have this amazing record uh, of who God is, what God, why, why we are here, what, how God wants us to treat each other, uh, and so on, and and uh, it can guide us, and it can guide us whether you're born and raised in Russia. I mean, I've been in Russia, I've been in Mongolia, I've been in uh, Kazakhstan, I've been in Nicaragua and Colombia, and all these countries and nations, and in anywhere, we are free to follow God's law, to love others. And to love God above all and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And, and, and now, I know, in some settings, you can't openly do it. You can't openly name the name of, of, of the God of the Bible or Jesus Christ. And in some settings, you, there's, it's, it's, it's risky to do so. But uh, the point is that we have this wonderful freedom. We have this wonderful book. And we should let it speak to our hearts. Let it speak to the way we treat others, like David is doing about how do I give to others? How do I help others? And and even politically, we can go and say, okay, uh, you know, we can look at the history of our nation. We can figure out wh- what would, as best we can tell, what would honor God? What would be, uh, if there's a difference in voting this way, that way, this person, that person, mm-hmm. uh which would be more in line with the mandates and the principles and the the, the commands and directions that we find in God's and word, and then allowing, so uh, and then and then doing it, and then acting on yeah. it. Yeah, and then at the level of it, our ability, right? Allowing it to actually guide our yeah. decisions. And um, that, that's I, why I think. Well, yeah, even right. back in the, that's what I do love about. Um, you know our father, our founding fathers. I mean, it's always been hard. It's not as if self-governing is hard. It can be difficult, and oh, yeah, I'm sure it that is. it has always felt like again, this is the most important election of our time. The reason people say that is because it always does feel that important, and it is mm-hmm. important. And um, but not only then doing the hard work of digging into scripture, praying, and being thought, but then and then but then actually allowing it to 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 change our lives to base decisions yeah. on scripture and that's that's very that's hard <laughs> yeah just, it is and um, especially with a lot of competing and there's a lot of wisdom out there i think i think that you know we've been doing it now almost you know a little over 200 years isn't that right something like that 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. <laughs> you know, from 17, whatever, to 19 something, and that's 200. So we've been here over 200 mm-hmm. years. And so we've, you know, and there have been a lot of Christians and believers are facing a lot of elections. We've gone through a civil war, and we've done, I mean, there have been tense and troubled and difficult times. And so um, the point is, is that we we want to, as best we can, to um, make that decision prayerfully. And then ultimately our faith and trust in God himself to accomplish his purposes with this nation, with America, uh, mm-hmm. first in the land, in, you know, here in the land, that, that another generation can grow up and have the peace and the freedom to know God and walk with God and, and serve God and love God and, mm-hmm. and love their neighbors and their other fellow citizens. And then what? how do we contribute as a nation, as a people, to to the harvest. I've always thought that that's probably one of the most important things is which which of the candidates, which of the parties, which of the individuals, and it can change from time to time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, what I don't think is the idea just just because it's a D or just because of it's an R, that just blindly, mm-hmm. but because it can change. It, I, when I was growing up, to be very honest, I voted I voted one way automatically, and now yeah. I find myself voting another way. Because the times have changed, and, and, and it could change again. Right. The, the platform could change again. So uh, just saying, an automatic pulling, right. it wouldn't be. But I'd say pray, think about it. Make the decision based on which one will. Honor God. And the harvest. Most, and, and the harvest. Now, remember that the harvest also has to do, is not just evangelism. Part of the harvest is winning, building, sending. That's mm-hmm. the process. of, And that involves the well-being and the growth and maturing the of the people who are, you know, the churches right. and the right. people. That, so are we contributing to the freedom that would help believers to grow and learn and, right. and so on? So it's, it's bigger than just evangelism right. when I say the harvest. Right. The whole process of winning and building and sending this part. That's the, that's the priority of the times we're living in. This is the... The Messiah has come. The world is all over the world. The gospel is being proclaimed. Tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions are coming to faith. And uh, if there's some way or some way that our voice can, and, and I, as a nation, that we can help that process, then and that's then, the way right. I think about and then voting. to God And to God be the glory. Right, right. Uh, you want to close it out? You, wanna... <laughs> you got some time. <laughs> to God be the glory. <laughs> to God That's be the glory. Thank way. you, folks, for joining us. Thank you, David, for listening. And thank you, whoever yeah. that uh, security guard was that talked to our earlier caller. That's, that, that's three good listeners we know about tonight. God bless you, folks. We'll see you next Sunday night here on The Bible Live. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and the Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. 